Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. how to do this. Interestingly enough, something has changed in my absence, and that is that uh, the blog talk system has updated itself, and I uh, can't actually open a chat room because I don't have the correct software. I will download that and make sure I have that for the next time, but I was sitting here at the last minute trying to open a chat room as, as meanwhile, I've got Dan Kroll um, sending me messages saying, five minutes to showtime, five minutes to showtime, uh, sending me into a complete and total panic because that's what Dan does. Uh, I just did. I don't, I, I don't know if you all are familiar at all with the comedy stylings of Jim Gaffigan, um, uh, who has a new show, by the way, coming up called The Jim Gaffigan Show. I believe it just started. Um, but we, uh, on our road trips, we often listen to various comedians. And on the way back from our vacation, which I just wrapped up, we were listening to Jim Gaffigan's CD. I believe it's called Baby. And one of the things Jim Gaffigan does on almost all of his comedy CDs is he'll be telling jokes and suddenly he'll do this voice of what is supposed to be a woman in the audience whispering, I don't get that. That's a very bad joke, that kind of thing. And I, I just did that. Apparently I it, it sunk into my brain. Uh, anyway, we're back. Uh, but don't get excited. Don't think that, you know, my, my little summer hiatus is over. In fact, what has happened is my summer hiatus has turned into something new and exciting. At least I think it's new and exciting. We're going to make the show a little less uh, regularly scheduled. You will not be having um, a show every Monday night. We'll probably do it about once a month. But I want to kind of get it um, I want to do the show when we have exciting things to talk about. For example, this week we had lots of big stuff, especially on General Hospital with, um, since last we spoke, we had we had Nathan Parsons, Jonathan Jackson, you know, uh, coming back and the big reveal that baby Jake, or little Jake is still alive, little Jake, big Jake, that's going to get confusing and old real fast. So let's hope they do the Jason reveal fairly soon so that we don't have to deal with too much of that. But I want to, I want to um, sort of, get to the point where we're not just rehashing the same things week after week and instead make it um, more of a monthly event, a more, you know, kind of a get-together where we are actually talking about things that uh, may be newer, maybe fresher, maybe more exciting, throw some games into the mix, that kind of thing. So that's all we're going to start uh, with our next podcast. But for tonight, I just really, I wasn't going to do one tonight, you know, because I just got back from vacation 
and uh, was sort of planning to rebel. I finished the latest edit of my book, uh, which I'll release details on very soon, my new book. Uh, and I wanted to spend some time editing that, but I got so many people today on Twitter while we were while we were watching and live tweeting General Hospital. There were so many people who kept saying, "Are you going to do a show tonight?" You know, I want to talk about this Jake thing. Um, so I kind of felt like, okay, you know what? Let's do it now. Let's see if any of those people actually called in. They probably all wanted to hang out in the chat room and talk to each other. And here I am screwing that up for them. They can't even do that. Uh, if you are listening and you would like to join the conversation, our number here. Excuse me, our number here is 347-989-0685. Again, that's 347-989-0685. And once you're on the line, just push the little button when indicated, and uh, the system will, God willing, let me know that you're on the line and want to chat, and we will do so. Um, There's been some other big stuff going on in daytime. Um, We're getting closer and closer to the start of Dina Higley and Josh Griffith on The Young and the Restless, uh, I mean, excuse me, on Days of Our Lives, and you can just sort of feel the excitement. You know, um, I stopped at the corner store tonight on the way home, and there's a lovely woman who works there, Michelle, who I talk to all the time, and, you know, she's practically vibrating with excitement about um, the new writers coming in. Um, I think, you know, I was just reading uh, uh, some... I've been following a lot of this on Twitter and Instagram, and you can see in the tweets and in the Instagram photos that the actors are posting, how excited they are about the material coming up. And, you know, with all these comebacks, uh, it's sort of like old home week. I was really excited that they announced Martha Madison would be coming back. You all know I love me some Martha Madison. Uh, She'll be returning to days uh, in the fall. She'll also be, as most of you probably know, because you might have heard my chat with uh, web soap guru Michael Caruso. She'll, uh, Martha Madison will also be heading up his new series, Winterthorn. Um, really cool. Check out, um, search on the web, find them, Winterthorn. Um, uh, look at the trailer. It's awesome. And that show will be dropping, I believe, at the end of August. I don't have the information right in front of me. But uh, Martha Madison is heading that up. And it will also have a lot of guest stars like Jen Lilly and uh, – uh, no, not Jen Lilly. What am I saying? Kathleen Gotti and Kirsten Storms, uh, Linda Gray, people like that. I'm a little discombobulated this evening, but I really don't have a chat room. It's it's throwing me all off my game. Uh, let's, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go right to the lines, and we're going to give me a moment to get settled in here, and we're going to see what some of you have to say. Uh, again, if you want to join the conversation, the number is 347-989-0685. And uh, our first caller here is 218. 218, you're on the line. Save me. I'm Hi. babbling here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. This is Sharon. Hi. Hey, how are you Sharon, doing today, how are Richard? you? I'm great. I'm, I'm good. Great. I, think, I think being at the beach for a week gave me a very bad case of beach brain, and I'm struggling to, uh, to reacclimate. I, I noticed today I, I went into my boss's office at a certain point, and I said, um, why is this day 900 hours long? What did I do? You know, why will this day not end? Uh, so what do you got for me tonight? Well, um, I watched my favorite GH today. And Wasn't it good today? Oh, my God. I loved every second of it, and I can't say that a lot. Um, having Lucky back and... Ethan back and 
Oh, I I long for the old days right now. They were wonderful. And as I'm not a big fan of people coming back from the dead, but this has been done so well in the way, I mean, I don't like the whole Helena having him for five years, but, you know, that's kind of to be expected. But I thought that the conversations were so clear and so good, and the conversations between Luke and Lucky right now, I'm only praying that before he leaves, he can have a conversation like that with Lulu, too. You know, it's interesting. Um, I, I talked for a while with Ron Carlovati, the head writer of the show, about if he had any sort of regrets as far as things he didn't get to do with during Jonathan Jackson's return. And, yeah. you know, he raved about these these scenes that we're seeing now. He, he really loved the stuff with, um, of, of course, with Tony Geary um, and that, that he got to play some st- at least some stuff with Jeannie Francis. But he admitted that they're just, with, with Jonathan being on for such a limited time, they didn't really have, you know, the wherewithal to be able to do as much as they wanted. You know, he was saying you never can get enough of that sort of, those sort of family beats. And you wanted to see, you know, Lulu. You want to see him with Nicholas. You want to see him with Liz. You want to see him with so, – so there's no way, given the limited amount of time they had Jonathan for, they were only able to shoot for a day or two, uh, that they could get to everything they wanted. Now, one thing that's kind of curious to me, to be honest, is um, I agree with you. I've loved this. I thought today's episode was just um, really, really solid. And one of the things they did that I'm very happy to see they did is that they clearly knew. I mean, this was getting a lot of mainstream publicity. You know, when when Jonathan Jackson came on because of Nashville, because of everything else, it got it got some mainstream publicity. Plus, tied into Tony Geary's last episodes. Um, they knew that they might get either people who had not watched the show in a while or people who had never seen the show and were tuning in to see, you know, Jonathan Jackson maybe. Um, and that makes sense. Job, right. And they did a great job of making sure that the episode featured major story points, not just in the Luke Lucky stuff, but they, 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 they really made an effort to hook people who might be just tuning in. It was a well-written episode. There was a lot of good stuff going on. Uh, it was it was just really solid GH and and I think if I tuned in if I had never seen the show before and I tuned in just to see you know uh, maybe to see Jonathan Jackson I I think I would sit, I would be hooked and I would probably want to come back especially after the cliffhanger with you know at the end oh my gosh that look that Lucky and Liz gave each other you know I got yeah. the feels all over the place because that just you know it's 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 classic general hospital it's it's old school lucky and liz old school luke and luke and lucky it yeah it just really 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 you know i i I missed a lot of last week i'm gonna have to go back and watch it because i was on vacation but i caught fridays i caught today's there are a lot of questions that have to be answered obviously uh and like you i am not a fan of back from the dead not a fan of it at all i just i just I think it is the most overused cliche in daytime. I think Back from the Dead is is worse than Who's the Daddy. I think Who's the Daddy is overused <laughs> too, just because, especially since, especially since in this day and age, you know, with with all we know about birth control and how easy it is to be on birth control um, or to use birth control, Who's the Daddy stories. It's hard to tell those without making someone look both stupid and kind of trampy. Uh, Absolutely. Back from the Dead. 
back from the dead are even worse to me. But this one, I'm totally willing to let slide. I and 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 they, you know, I remember. I have the worst memory. Listeners know that. I mean, viewers remember everything. I remember like one one hundredth of what I had for breakfast, let alone plot details. But I do remember that when that when Jake died initially. Um, there was a big outcry because, you know, we didn't see the body, we didn't get a funeral, we didn't do all these things. And so I, I, I think that what, what um, Carlovati and company saw there was an opportunity to rectify a mistake that a previous regime had made in killing this child. And, and they sort of were able to look at it and say, you know, because there was never a funeral, because there was never a body shown, because they sort of like rushed the aftermath of this little boy's death, there's holes here that we can take advantage of. And so, like I said, not a fan of Back from the Dead. It's, it's particularly odd when, you know, everybody who's in the room talking about this person who just came back from the dead, they have no grounds to be shocked because they all came back from the dead too. You know, I mean, Lucky's come back from the dead. Luke's come back from the dead. Laura's come back from the dead. They've all come back from the dead. I think the thing I, I I think the thing I appreciated most and I was startled and very surprised by, and I hope I'm not wrong. The same child is playing Jake now that did then. I know. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Uh, when I saw him, it was like Lucky was recognizing him at the same time I was, and I was thrilled that they were able to do that. Because you can actually relate to that child. You saw him five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 other, the thing I'm sort of surprised about is, now you'll remember a few years ago when they had Franco, not Roger Howard playing Franco, but Franco playing yeah. Franco, when they had him on, you know, they brought him on and they only had him for a couple of days on set, but they stretched that out for weeks. And I'm sort of surprised that they didn't do the same thing with Jonathan Jackson, you know, that they didn't sort of, and it may just be that they, they, it was really tough and they didn't know how long they were going to get him and they didn't find out for the last minute. I don't really know the details on that. I'll have to ask um, uh, Mr. Carlovati when I talk to him next, but I was surprised they didn't do the same thing and stretch it out because you got weird things because of it. Like, like for example, them going from Greece to Port Charles in like a commercial break. You know, <laughs> Lulu and yeah. Laura were—I mean, Lulu and Lulu and Carly were still having the conversation they'd been having. We went to commercial break. They came back. They were still having their conversation, and this flight had gone directly from Greece to Port Charles in like three minutes. And you know, you you if you if you stretched it out. Obviously, you get more bang for your buck, uh, but it may just be that you know because of the way things fell and because it all happened at the last minute, they didn't really have time to figure out. Okay, this will happen in this episode. This will happen in this episode. They just had to sort of, excuse me, bang it out. So, but I was but I was very surprised by that. Uh, but overall, well, I thought even I, I thought that the episodes held together well. The thing that brought tears to my eyes more than once was simply hearing Luke call him cowboy. Oh. I mean, yes. that is my old GH that I have longed for. And I finally got it again, and I was just over the moon about it because the two what? of those men together are unstoppable. Now, what's interesting is, you know, someone on Twitter was saying, Okay, clearly they know what people want to see. You know, they know that this is, you know, they the, the the script was beautiful. We got classics, we got vets, blah blah blah. Why is this, you know, why do we not get 
more of this. And I, I was a little torn by that for a couple of reasons. I, I understood what they were trying to say, but at the same time, um, you know, this was, yes, there was some beautiful moments being played here, but it was also, it was classic GH. I mean, the whole story revolved around a kidnapping, guns, and a baby being kidnapped, and, and, and somebody coming back from the dead. I mean, you know, that's all the stuff that people very regularly complain about GH being. So so I don't know, you know, I, it, it felt weird to say, oh, look, they see what people want. Why can't they give us more of this? I understood that they meant these moments, but uh, I think we do get those moments, not as often as I'd like, obviously, but we do get them. It just happens to be that these are huge moments because it's Tony Geary's exit. You know, you've got all these actors coming back for it. Well, and as much as I appreciate new characters coming in, because you have to keep doing that on a soap to keep it going, this was all history. And for the people that have watched it for 20 and 30 years, we were seeing what we had seen. And that's so heartwarming to me because I've missed that. And like I said, I appreciate all the the, the new characters coming in and new storylines and and the advancement. But, man, when you get those people that you have longed for for so long together in deep, meaningful conversation – I mean, I was just drooling because I was so excited about it. I would agree. I mean, what would you say are the three things that are working best for you right now and the three things that aren't? Um, okay. This Luke, goodbye, however they're doing it. I, I'm really admiring the work that they're doing. I like it. I thought Frank Smith was a little bit hokey. I felt maybe they could have done that a little bit better, but that's still bringing in history. That it is. And you know, really what, you, know what the other problem, you know what the other problem with that was? It was yet another back from the dead. I mean, this was a story oh, yeah. that had a back from the dead that led to another back from the dead. Back to back, back from the dead. Back to back to yeah. back. I don't know how you even get, you know. Um, the Jake... Back from the dead, I'm a little hesitant about, but I'm anxious to see how that's going to move forward. I really am beginning to like, which I didn't previously, but I'm starting to like the Jake, Jason storyline now. It's finally Mm -hmm. starting to move. I can see where there's going to be a lot of complications from it, and that's all starting to play out, and I'm really beginning to like that. There's one item that... I can put in both categories. I'm loving it to pieces, and on the other hand, I'm really hating it. And right now, that's Dante and Lulu. The storyline is, I'm not thrilled at all because these characters are being written so out of character. It's like they're unrecognizable to me as far as what they have done and the way they have acted over the last six years. That has just totally made me angry at times because they're rewriting the whole character, and I don't like it. I'm not comfortable with it. But on the other I hand, kind of, I kind of agree there. I think I think Dominic and and Em are doing phenomenal work. I love oh seeing them get a front burner story. That's uh, what I but, like about but, it. I mean, their performance. Yeah. But at the same time, I agree. I mean, it felt really, you know. Sometimes I think that. The intention in the writing 
I don't know if it's I don't know if it's a, a, a sort of a misfire between what's being written and what's being like directed on stage or what, but um, for a long time, like uh, you know, whenever we would do cover stories and stuff, and we would and we would or news stories, and we would talk about Dante, Valerie, Lulu, you know, we would be told that Valerie was not you know interested in Dante and that he was just, she was just a friend of it, but it was coming off on screen like she was basically chasing him. You know, she was yes. really into him. And and they kept saying that that wasn't happening, and I, I felt as if Dante went to, jumped to this conclusion that Lulu was you know was was cheating on him far too quickly. I didn't really buy Lulu not telling Dante. Um, I get that you know I get it. He's a cop, blah blah blah. But he's also a cop who didn't turn in his own didn't turn in Sonny when he shot him in the chest. Like like there was just no reason to think that 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 Dante would put lives on the line, you know, that he would put Lucky's life on the line. Um, I don't know. There were just, it felt like a lot of it was built on sort of um, uh, plot points. You know what I mean? Exactly. I think there's been great acting. I think there's been great acting coming out of it, but, uh, and and I'm glad for that because I love, I feel like um, Dominic Zampagna and Emmy Ryman don't get, or at least haven't gotten, always gotten, Strong, good material, and like today, they no, were they have the heck out of it. They and were. I the think they're doing today. a tremendous job. I could have bought this storyline much easier had maybe Dante and Lulu been struggling, having some issues, having some arguments, some stress in their life, but there was none. So it didn't make sense that they jumped to this. But the one thing, if if you have an ear with Mr. Carlovati. I've talked to a lot of other fans, and we all want to see Luke finally, before he leaves, apologize to his son-in-law for not only trying to kill him, but for never giving him enough credit. He's always shoved into the background. Uh, he's done, he's saved their lives. He's done so many things for them. Never been acknowledged by Luke other than my cop son-in-law. Well, and, to be honest, it wouldn't matter whether I, ha, ha, whether I have his ear at the time or not, because, uh, Tony Geary has finished his <laughs> I know. He's done. He's out of there. So <laughs> I don't know that you're going to get that wish, but, um, you know, I guess we'll see as the final couple of weeks of episodes play out. Yeah. But I would like to see maybe a little bit of resentment on Dante's side. And we did see that a little bit in a conversation, and I'm sure you didn't see it because you were on vacation. But there, when when Dante really accused Lulu and just had it out, he made a point of saying, you are always Luke Spencer's daughter. Like that comes first before he does. And there's a resentment there, and I'd like to see that developed a little bit and either let him deal with it and get past it or do something about it. Yeah, I I agree. I think that would be interesting. I think it's, you know, it's hard because there's so much that they want to do and so much that they need to do before, you know, in these final weeks. They only had 10 weeks um, uh, to basically wrap up this entire, uh, you know, to to do a proper farewell for Tony Geary, and they really kind of had to look at it and say, okay, what's the most important thing? And we've got this story to tell, we've got that story. So it'll be interesting to see how things, uh, how he leaves things with Dante and Lulu. A lot of things could actually be developed later once Luke is gone. 
I mean, oh, sure, this is an issue sure between will. Dante and Lulu. So, I, you know, I, I'm, and I'm, I'm very looking sure forward to it. But on the other hand, I'm cringing. But the performances <laughs> they've been giving us have been knocking it out of the park every single day. They're phenomenal. I have to agree. And, I have to and agree. And you're right. They don't get the credit that they deserve. And that's what I'm loving about this storyline. It's giving them the venue they need to show their stuff. I agree. Well, listen, thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Thanks for chatting, Richard. Talk to you okay, later. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Okay, bye. All right, we're moving on down the list here. Uh, next caller here is 204. 204, you're on the air. Richard, it's Al from Canada. How are you? Hey, Al from Canada. How are you? Good. I'm actually Skyping in, so uh, hopefully this works. A little bit it cheaper seems rate. To be working, <laughs> seems to be working perfectly fine. Great. Okay, I'll just dive into everything uh, just quickly. Um, one, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, ask a question and then you just echo it back to me. What do you think GH, YNR, and Days are good at in their individual soaps that might be missing on each other's uh, soaps? I'll just go first. I think Days has the best community and interaction. I think GH has the best um, long-term structured plots that weave in and out of each other. And I think YNR has the best characters that can um, I can feel emotional stuff from. That's hard. Okay, I think YNR has probably the best dialogue writers. I think they have really phenomenal dialogue writers. Yeah, uh, no, you know, well, it depends. All three of the shows have good dialogue writers. Um, like when Days, Days has some dialogue writers that when they're on fire, even if there is nothing on the show you care about, you are into it because the dialogue is so good. So all three of them have that going for them. Um, Y&R has, uh, I would say, uh, it's really hard because, you know, you say, like, for example, I want to say Y&R has the best cast, but GH also has an excellent cast. Uh, it's, that's a that's a that's a really 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 difficult question. Um, I guess I would say YNR has ability to sort of use its history. They sometimes don't do it well, but more often than not, they're pretty good about like dropping in the references to people you want to hear from. You know, like if 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 one of the Abbots is in trouble, you hear you know they'll usually mention Tracy or even bring her on. So I think they're I think they're pretty good about use of history, as long as that history doesn't involve chemo, although even chemo got a shout out, shout out not too long ago. Days of Our Lives, I agree. I think Days of Our Lives has a great sense of community, family. Um, you know, soaps went through a period where they didn't really have families. You know, they started drifting towards shows like The City, which really was about a group of people as opposed to a, a family and soaps got really caught up in that for a while days never really did days has always been you know a show that has family at the center of it so i think they're really good at that and general hospital i would i would say that general hospital is really good at sort of fast-paced stories it's really easy to look at it and say oh really because you know they haven't revealed the jake thing and that's been going on for you know however long but but what 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 makes that story work and stories like it work is that GH plots things long term and makes sure that there's little payoffs in the way. You know, like yeah, we haven't found out who Jake is, we haven't found out that he's Jason, but Sam, but 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 
Liz has found out and Nick knows. And, you know, um, like, like they, they're very good about making sure that things continue to propel the story forward toward building to that big reveal. So I guess that would be my answer to that. Okay. Uh, a couple of quick questions here. Um, uh, who, um, which character right now on YNR and GH has the better supporting arc? Christine Williams towards Paul Williams, her husband? Or Patrick Drake towards his girlfriend, Sam Morgan? Well, it's kind of almost a trick question. The problem there is that Laura Lee Bell is very rarely on the show. So she doesn't, even though even though she's a presence on the show, even though she's mentioned, even though, you know, they had a big story when she got hit and lost the baby and all that, um, it's it's a weird kind of supporting character because she's never on the show. Whereas whereas Patrick and Sam may not spend as much time together as people would like, but they are on the show. And when they get together, you know, like when they sit down and they talk, they it's almost like a couple coming together uh, in real life at the end of the day, and they're talking, they're catching each other up on their day. Like I think it was today, it was either today or Friday. You know, Patrick and Sam got together, and Sam said, "Oh, give me the gossip around GH." You know, they were like a couple who were catching up after having having spent their individual days doing their thing. We hear more about Christine than we see her. And and that has been problematic for me ever since they got Christine and Paul back together because you're playing this great story where Paul has a, a, a child, a grown child. Christine just lost a child. There's so much drama to be played there. There's so much to be played between Paul and Nikki and Nikki and Christine. And with Christine not on the canvas, we're not seeing it. So I I, I feel like that doesn't work as well as it could. Just a quick side note with Paul Williams. Do you think that uh, Dylan, his son, will work under him as a cop? I hope not. I hope not. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't. I don't want him to be an insta cop. I. It's funny. I think that soap characters often have careers that, you know, you look at it and you're like, this works. For example, Nick Newman running the underground didn't work. It made no sense for this millionaire to be running this lousy club. I mean, if he'd run an upscale club or something, maybe, but it was like this dive bar that never has. It never has any customers. It makes sense for him to hand that over, and let Noah run it. Um, I, I like. Uh, Dylan running the coffee house. It feels like a good fit. Dylan as a cop would not feel like a good fit. It would feel very, very unnatural to me. Okay. Um, what do you think about Adam's arc right now? He's got like almost so much multiple storylines going on with him. He's got a better arc than Billy does but right now in YNR. I love Adam. I love Justin Hartley. I love that he has so many things going on. Remember, the more, the more fingers he has in pies, uh, the more explosive it'll be when the truth finally comes out. You know, how does it impact all of these different stories that he's got in motion? Uh, I I think Justin Hartley can do no wrong. I think, you know, he just, he nails every scene he's in. I think Young and the Restless is so lucky to have him. He is the recast of the, the you know, the millennium. Uh, it's it's the thing on the show that works almost better than anything else. You can tell Chuck Pratt loves him. I mean, even in interviews and things, Chuck Pratt says that when he came on the show, one of the things that he really thought was working that he loved was Adam. So so that shows. You know, you can often tell when a writer comes on what they're liking and what they're not by what they write for and what they don't write for. And that also applies to who they write for and who they don't write for. So, yeah, I love Adam. There's I, I could watch an entire hour of Adam every day. <laughs> 
You know what I noticed about Y&R, what I like about uh, lately with just with Pratt when he's on fire, which is not all the time. I Do you like it when the Williams, the Baldwins, the Winters, the um, uh, the Abbots, and uh, the Baldwins crash into each other's storylines? Or do you like them kind of separate in the separate little families just dealing within their own family conflicts? What do you think is oh, no, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of umbrella stories. I'm a big fan of... You know, uh, characters who might not always interact, interacting. I'm a big fan of, of mixing mixing and matching things. I mean, um, I came from, you know, I grew up in an era when soap casts were much smaller. You know, you look at like the Ryan's Hope or the or the Edge of Night or shows like that where they were, they were generally half-hour shows. But even the hour shows had smaller casts. They had longer scenes. Um, that's one of the things I was noticing today on General Hospital that annoyed me a little bit was – I wanted the scenes to be longer. Like they kept cutting away from Lucky and Liz or Liz and her son to other things. And I'm like, it's very hard for a viewer to invest emotionally when every six seconds you're cutting away to something different. I want, I want to stay in that moment a little bit longer. I want to play that a little bit longer. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of um, messy canvas. I mean, you know, again, you know, I do come from sort of a different era than, than what we're seeing now, but, when I was when I was watching The Young and the Restless, you know, 35 years ago, Genoa City was a very small town. Everybody knew everybody. That was how soaps were back then. They were small towns. Over the years, soaps kind of wanted to have it all, and so they became small towns that only have one restaurant, but they also house nine international companies and an airport from which you can go to this little town in Wisconsin to Paris directly every hour on the hour. Um, it's... It's sort of a contradiction. So I I do. I like small canvases. I would actually like to, I you know, it's one of the reasons I really love The Bold and the Beautiful. It's very, the characters all relate. They all cross. They all, you know, they all have purpose. And I think that, I think that makes for a nice, neat canvas. Which um, family do you think is doing a better job at running their family business? The Abbots with Jabot or the Foresters with Forrester Creations? Well, you know, the, the, the Abbots lost their company to to Victor, and they've done nothing but squabble since. And the Foresters, you know, sort of, um, I, I think things have settled down at Forrester a little bit for a while there. When you know, it's never a good thing when your CEO is wandering around firing shots around the office. I mean, I try not to do that at all when I'm wandering around the Soaps and Depth offices. I try very hard. I occasionally slip and, you know, let a gun fire, but I try very hard not to. So I'm not really sure that either of them are doing a particularly great job. But right now I would have to go with Forrester because, you know, Ridge is in control. Rick seems to be, you know, fairly content for the moment. They're heading toward their big their big new fashion show launch. Um, they just have to kind of keep an eye on Crazy Alley because she's a wild card. But I guess I'd have to go with Forrester. Okay. Um if you could bring back these soaps, you're the you're kind of like Reddington from the Blacklist. You could have the power to bring back any of these soaps. You can't bring back all. You could bring back one or two. Which one, just based on your your perception of them, who had the strongest kind of appeal to you? Guiding Light, As the World Turns, The Edge of Night, Another World, One Life to Live, or All My Children? 
No questions asked. The Edge of Night. I think The Edge of Night is a. I, I think The Edge of Night would be a perfect show to relaunch right now because it's sort of the perfect combination. It's a hybrid of traditional soap opera and crime drama, and not the kind of crime drama we see on soaps now, where it's you know all mob and 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 you know the murders are sort of you know they just pick a name at the end. Like like, do we even remember that there's a murderer? In, in Genoa City and let somebody just figure out who it is. They've completely dropped that. Um, the Edge of Night told great crime drama, had great um, couples at the heart of it. Had it, it, just, it would be the perfect show for rebooting. I would do it in a heartbeat. In fact, yeah. In fact, my, my, I'm working right now on the edits for my book, and the, the show that um, that I originally was sort of building the book around uh, was I, it was basically sort of an edge of night like show. So yeah, that is that is probably the show that I would uh, would definitely either that or I would do a reboot of Ryan's Hope. Those are the two shows I would I would most like to see rebooted. What about Search for Tomorrow? Or does it really resonate with you? Um, it didn't really resonate with me. I mean, I know that it had many great years, but the years that I watched it, it wasn't particularly good. Another World was never really my show. I liked All My Children and One Life to Live, but again, they weren't really my shows. Um, I was always, you know, I, I loved The Young and the Restless. Um, I, I was a huge Edge of Night fan. Um, yeah. So even though One Life to Live had the uh, reporting newspaper thing like that, it still sort of doesn't appeal to you as much? Nope, nope. I nope. it's it, it for me. It has less to do with you know things like that than it does the overall canvas and the characters on the canvas. One Life to Live was never really my show. It was you know I watched it and it would have periods where I would watch. I was a stunt viewer. I would watch for Nikki Smith. I would watch for Eterna, things like that. But it just I just did not as a whole. You know, for me personally, I did not find the overall show kind of compelling it just it it just it just there was something you know and it's different for everyone everyone looks at a show and sees you know what they what they they bring their own things to the table and they see what they want to see for me one life to live was just filler between until general hospital and the edge of night came on all right just two more quick questions of the four big soaps right now that are on the network which one do you think you would possibly see as a movie um in your lifetime None. I don't. I don't see that happening. I can see, you know, I I can more likely see. There was a time when I wanted to see sort of like, for example, one of the stories I never got to actually watch unfold, but I always wanted to was Days of Our Lives as Cruise of Deception. I always wanted to see that, and and I just for whatever reason was not watching the show during that period. Um, I could see. You know, either someone making a movie sort of loosely based on that, like a TV movie or something. The other thing I could see is I think that with the growing um, on demand and there being, you know, a million channels, and I could see channel like sort of not necessarily a channel devoted completely to soaps, but a channel that does classic TV, like a TV Land or you know Nick at Night or something like that, saying, okay, we're going to run storylines you know we're going to for the next three months we're going to run this storyline from this show or this storyline from that show but i don't i don't think that there's i don't think there's a demand at this for um you know for general hospital the movie kind of thing so you couldn't see general hospital the ice princess thing just one story um, little arc no i i know I, I, I really yeah. don't think i think it would be a really tough sell 
Okay. Uh, this is the last thing, uh, two-parter Dave. Who do you think should be the heir to Sammy Brady? Teresa Donovan, Eve Donovan, or Nicole Walker? Well, you know, you're saying that as if there's only as if there's only one possibility. I think that really, um, Teresa Donovan is definitely a great screen scheme queen. I am anytime Jen Lilly is on screen, I am watching. I don't care what she's doing, I'm watching and I love her. And if you put her and Anne in a scene together, um, it's just it's like heaven on a stick. It reminds me of, you know, classic scheme scheme teams from from days gone by. So I absolutely love them. Eve, I kind of need Eve to grow up a little bit. I need her to, I, I, I like the idea of Eve as a bad girl, but she needs to be a more mature bad girl, and her behavior has been really, really immature, so so she doesn't really sell it for me. And uh, who was the third one? The third one's Nicole. Oh, Nicole. I mean, Nicole. Nicole doesn't have to be you know, an heir to the Sammy Brady throne. Nicole is sort of, Nicole and Sammy sort of shared the throne even, you know, while Sammy was on. You know, they've, they've had, they've both had fantastic story arcs. Um, I would say that Nicole is probably the most like Sammy in that Nicole wants to be loved. Sammy also really, really, really wanted to be loved. Loved. I don't think that you could say that of Eve. I don't think you could say that of Teresa. I mean, yeah, if they happen to be loved, great, but that's not their prime motivator. You know, um, uh, both Eve and Teresa are sort of more throwbacks to the classic soap vixen uh, who wants money and position. And if they happen to have love as well, that's great. But Nicole wants love, and she has. Her, and, and like Sammy, she's her own worst enemy. She always gets in her own way. So. Um, I guess if I was going to say there's one person who is sort of the the heir apparent to Sammy, it would be the woman who is sort of very the most like her, which would be Nicole for me. Um, just before I finish off my last question with uh, Dave, I was going to say, you know who would actually would have been a better Eve Donovan if they ha- couldn't get uh, the original actress? Um, Andrea Evans, who played Tina in One Life to Live, because she at least looked a little bit like uh, the actress that played uh, Eve in the uh, 80s. I could see that. I, 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 yeah, I could, I could see Andrea. I mean, I, you know, the last time I saw her was probably on uh, *The Vanity*, the web soap, and she was, she was great. I don't know, you know, I don't know how interested she'd be, and she's got so many. Uh, um, she's, she's developed other projects and things, and I don't know how interested she'd be in coming back to a full-time soap role like that. But I could completely understand uh, and see her stepping in. Yeah, I would buy that. Okay, great. my last question is. is how do you see, I mean, it's, I know you can't really tell because you don't have a crystal ball, but with um, Tony and um, one of your friends there, the girl that's Martha Madsen is going to come back as, um, um, oh, what's her name, her character name? Belle. You know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah, Belle. Belle. And, uh, Belle and Tony and Belle and um, Steve and Bo and everybody coming back to do days, I guess, 3.0 now, I guess. What, what's your take on that? That's my last question. My take on them all coming back, I mean, it's awesome. I, I, you know, you can't ask for more than that. Of course, what's really going to matter is what story you tell. You can bring every actor who was ever popular on a show back, and it doesn't necessarily, you know, lead to to good soap. I remember there was a time when, um, I believe it was 
Santa Barbara was basically hiring up every actor who had been popular on a, on other shows. Um, they hired, you know, Sidney Penny. They hired uh, Kim Zimmer. They hired Jack Wagner. And they did this whole advertising campaign based on, you know, we've got all these great actors. But they didn't give them story to back it up. The stories were kind of lame. So so no matter who you bring back, it's going to depend on what stories you tell. And that's, for me, always the case. I, You tell me a good story, I'm going to tune in. You tell me a bad story, well, I'm still going to tune in, but I'm not going to be as happy about it. But knowing Josh Griffith's work recently on YNR, can you see how his style would mesh with days, or do you think it's going to be like, do you think it's going to be like Cloak and Dagger days or Family days or a little bit of it's, both? I, I don't have any idea, to be honest. It's very difficult to tell because because when you, it's it's easy to look at a writer's past and assume that that's going to be their present, but it becomes a little bit more complicated when they are co-head writers because then you have two people who, you know, maybe one was brought on board because they're really good at one thing and the other was brought on board because they're really good at the other. So it's kind of hard to know, you know, how it's all going to depend on what Dina Higley and Josh were brought on for, which of their various strengths were they brought on uh, for and how do they, you know, sort of how do those two visions work together? Well, glad to, that you're back from uh, vacation, and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Take care. Okay. Talk to you later. Our next caller is, I believe, someone that I've known for quite some time. Uh, I would say he's a friend of the show, but he's not really a friend to anybody. 267, you're on the air. <laughs> That's not very nice. Why would you say I'm I not know. That was so mean. Why would I say something like that? <laughs> and I always... I always say that Charlie's the meanest person on the planet, but maybe it's me. We're sorry. The call you were trying to reach has hung up on your behind. <laughs> oh, Dan Crawl, welcome to the show. How are you? Oh, hello. You know, some of us are fine. We haven't been able to unwind at a beach, a beautiful private beach in Delaware like others, but, uh, you know, we're hanging in there, I think. Uh, well, I'm glad to hear. You know, I'm going on a cruise in 54 days. You're welcome to, you know, join me. 54 days. I'm sorry, I, I didn't have that circled on my calendar. Yes, yes. The, 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 as summer ends, I will celebrate the end of summer by sailing off into the the the, the, the Caribbean, the Bahamas. I don't know where the Bahamas. Will you? You'll be. It's it's like an overnight. It's not just days, correct? Oh no, it's it's a week. It's a week. So for um, you, this will be a chance to get everything back in order. It'll be like a summer's eve will bring back freshness every time. <laughs> hey, you know, I thought of you today because I mean, you know, I, I, I full disclosure, I talk to Dan several times a day often. But uh, were you a fan of Were you a fan of Bloom County? <laughs> the comic strip Bloom County. Uh, yes, I I would read it. Yeah, I don't know that it was. I don't know. I would say it was a fan. Like I've always gone to the more bizarre, like the Far Side or currently uh, uh, Pearls Before Swine. But I did read Bloom County. It was. It's always you know. It's on the the same page. So of course. And as you, oh, so you're not a skipper. You read all of the comics. Well, no. Like I mean. Let's you skip it. Mary all, Worth, don't you? You totally skip Mary Worth. I do. And we all glance at Family Circus and, you know, we pass over uh, Hagar and stuff like that to get to the ones that we really wow, want. Wow, you're but, a comic snob. You're a comic snob. Who isn't? You have to be. 
You can't read them all. I guess that's can you? true. I mean, you can. anyway, you you then I'm sure you know you saw that uh, what's his name? Who's I I can't pronounce his name. Like Blake Brett or whatever his name is, the guy who does uh, uh, Bloom County is back after 25 years. The cartoon that I loved very very much, starring Opus the Penguin and Bill the Cat, is back. I have to say, I didn't realize that it was gone that long, only because of the fact that I, I think a lot of newspapers reran classics. Like, I think uh, Peanuts is still in, uh, in the newspapers. They're just rerunning some classic ones, obviously, since Charles Schultz is no longer with us. But, um, yeah, I, I had no idea that Bloom County was gone for that long. If, I they, agree. If they, I, hadn't, if they hadn't made the reference to the 25-year nap in the cartoon, I would not have, I would not have realized that it's been gone. I mean, literally half my life, it's been gone. Ironically, and this is this is true. I did not know about the return until you were mentioning it. I am drinking an honest tea. It's peach oolong, not a plug. I'm saying this for a real reason. The mascot, like on the front of the thing, in addition to a peach, Opus is on the front of the tea. The the guy who no made way. honest tea. I'm totally serious, folks. You can go and Google honest, and it'll it'll show up. But the author of uh, of Bloom County, uh, Berkeley Breath, however it's pronounced. They, he, I guess the, the guys from Honest Tea reached out, or he reached out to them and, and said, you know, what do I need to do to, to get this done? They said, draw us opus on the front of the, the, of the bottle. And sure enough, now they have, uh, he's on the front of All the right. Honest Tea. You know why, folks, do you know why I hate Dan? Let me, let me just, let me just be, let me share with you why I hate Dan. Okay? so many Dan reasons. comes on my show, spur of the moment, <laughs> And I bring up a topic that he could have not had any possible way of knowing I was going to bring up. And he is prepared. He's always prepared. You know, always prepared. You cannot catch him off guard. He he had no way of knowing I was going to bring up Bloom County. And yet, oh, do you know who's on the cover of this tea that I'm drinking? They actually reached out to him and had him draw. This is why I hate them, because those of you who listen to this show regularly know that I, like, basically, I call into the show two minutes in advance, I have nothing planned, and I spend an hour talking to you all. Dan has to be prepared for everything, including things he doesn't even know he's preparing for. This is just the way that my mind works. It's, it's, you know, there's a whole lot of randomness. I'm someone, like yourself, I'm sure, um, there are a lot of things that I'm interested in. You know, I, I'll sit and I read the paper and I poke around on the internet and then I'm naturally curious. So there are things that go into my brain that are just sitting oh, there waiting curious, for some right. for some useful purpose. And sure enough, today was one of those reasons. And while you were telling everyone why you hate me, I looked up the uh, <laughs> explanation here. Uh, apparently, the creator of Bloom they County was one of... an explanation online for why I hate you? Yes, it, it's one of Google's most searched uh, topics, ironically. It's trending on Twitter. It said that the, the creator of Bloom County was one of the first people to try Honest Tea, but back then it was unsweetened. The uh, creator said, hey, give me something that's sweeter. They said, hey, you know, draw Opus on the, the cover of our, on the label, and that's how it came. So I just want to give everyone the real story. So See, when that, you uh, said he drank honest tea, but back then it was un, I didn't think you were going to go with sweetened. I thought you were going to say unhonest. 
but no, that wouldn't really be really dishonest. It was dishonesty. So, you know, got any thoughts on any soap opera-related topics at all? Or, you know, we can just talk about what you got coming up on Crawl Call this week or, you know, whatever. Well, You're here. Okay. I was listening to the show. I was on hold. I listened to the, the, the 20 questions, which is always entertaining because you never know what the – I can't think of his name, but he's from Canada. When, I love when Alan calls in because he always Alan. has these really – he Al from Canada. He always has these really cool questions. It's like I'm being interviewed, and you know I like being interviewed. I like talking. So I I love it. I, I'm always so happy when he calls in. And I was listening uh, when I had to go. I was listening to the show, and then I went in to sign in to go to the chat room. Of course, it disconnects the the live feed, and you have to wait. So I missed a bit of of what was going on. But for me, the thing that I was most moved by, at least today, was the bold and beautiful Maya and Julius <gasps> with Vivian somewhere in the background, you know, watching, trying to figure out. You know, as of Friday, I thought that Julius was just wanted to hug Maya, you know, because he saw that she was living the life of, of luxury. He was lost his job. Money was tight. I thought that he was going to go for that angle. Then today, it kind of went back and forth, and I'm not entirely sure. I'm still, as, as the folks were saying on Twitter, we're still getting him some serious side eye, but I don't know. Like, I don't know if he's crying because... He's embracing a child that he just truly wants nothing to do with. He's crying because he's like sort of having to, to go through this route to get money from her. Is he really moved by the fact that they're, they're going to try to, to get past their, their things? But through it all, whatever side you're on this, I like the fact that the bold and the beautiful is really kind of being forth, uh, very forthright with everything that everyone would be thinking. I think, you know, everything that Julius has said, you know, hey, have you ever really thought about for me what it's like for my only son to no longer be a son? I think that that's a valid argument because you're, you're asking how people feel. And whether you like it or not, I mean, in order to get to a point of some uh, meeting of the minds, you have to express what you're feeling. So anyway, uh, uh, chitter-chatter on. I don't know where Julius is at at the moment. I don't know if he's still scamming or lying, but the, the hug where, she, where Maya said, Daddy, and buried her head and cried, that was enough for me. I reached for the Kleenex. Totally. I, that was just, I cried, cried twice today, once with that, once with GH. Um, and I agree with you. I don't know where he is. The other reason that I think that the the Julius story is kind of important is – Bold and Beautiful, obviously, you know, they're they're in kind of virgin territory here, and they want to be a little bit careful, but at the same time, they they also have to be careful not to go so far that Maya is a saint. There have to be yeah. voices of opposition. There has to be it, – it can come off – Y&R used to do stories years ago. They, they haven't done them in a long time, but they used to do a lot of, um, you know uh, – stories that would come off as PSAs because you would eventually have Mm -hmm. people standing around spouting facts like they were reading a pamphlet. And B&B has had a little bit of that with this story, but not much. They've done a really surprisingly good job. And the main voice of opposition, um, if you would call it that, has been Bill. You know, Bill Spencer has has been unapologetic as you would expect him to. And I like this because the one issue that I've had with this is that Maya's love has completely transformed Rick, and Rick no longer is a gun-toting, you know, shoot 'em up kind of CEO. He's okay with being, he's okay with being down the hall. He doesn't need the big chair. He's fine with it all, and that, 
that's a little, you know, that reads a little false to me. So having Julius come in and and remind us that not everybody is all, you know, sass and mm-hmm. that that's that's I think that's important. It is. Um, I mean, you know, with with the head Bob Barker, and certainly the adoption of pets is great. But you know, at the end of the episode, you're going to have people standing by. You know, uh, have your pet spayed or neutered, adopted, which is fine. But with the point of you're saying is you expect the PSA, even on General Hospital when they did the uh, the Saint was the Saint no, Shriners um, Hospital mm-hmm. rather, mm-hmm. you know they worked it into a, a PSA and a good, bad, whatever. I mean, whatever needs to be done to get the message out there. It's uh, we haven't gotten one of those here, and I don't think that we're going to. And which I'm a, is interesting. And I'm a big believer that the best way to get your message across in, in a situation like this is to tell a good story. You know, open hearts, open minds through good storytelling. And I, you know, I know that when they first started this story, there were so many people who hated that this story was thrust upon Maya because they feared that it meant that, you know, they would, that Maya would be, be in the spotlight for a couple of weeks and then they would write this character off because, you know, let's face it, that has happened on BNB before. Anybody remember Beverly? (laughs) You know, it it happens, but (laughs) but that has not happened here. I mean, Maya has become this, you know, um, she may not quite be the matriarch of the Forrester family, but in some ways she's sort of becoming the matriarch of the show. And it's, it's been, it's been, I just think they deserve so much credit for how brave they have been in their storytelling here. While not losing focus of the fact that it is a soap opera and there needs to also be entertainment value. And there has been. I mean, bringing in the, the possibly uh, gold-digging father is an mm-hmm. interesting twist. You know, what if the ex- – I don't know. I mean, you know, to what end would you go against what you believe is your principles or, or what you believe is – from religion or from whatever moral compass to well, and to tie into that, let's offer up and to tie into that, let's offer up a little bit of preview for what's about to happen. Um, you know, Julius is not the only character who's going to have this reaction as we move forward. Um, I, I think it's safe to say that Allie is not mm-hmm. going to be thrilled with the prominent position that Maya is given is as they move forward with the new California Freedom Line. So, you know, there's it's not just this one person. And I also think that's important because it's it's important to have somebody within the Forrester family, you know, not just have this outside person that we don't really know, but someone inside the Forrester household who we actually know. Dan, we're, we're slowly but surely ticking down out of time. Do you want to um, no. do a little pimpage as to what you might have uh, coming up? Or, you know, we never even told people who you are or where you're from. You might want to tell them that. Oh. Well, if you've been listening to me babble for the last 15 minutes and don't know who I am, I'll tell you <laughs> now, a little better late than never. I'm Dan Kroll. You can find me on Twitter at Dan J. Kroll. You can find my day job at SoapCentral.com, talking about the soaps. You can find my moonlighting someone by night at <laughs> Kroll. Sorry, don't don't say, you know I have certain rules, and one of them is that you are never supposed to sing on my show. And the other one is never talk like that. But you can see me at oh, Kroll.com. Yes. It's a weekly show just like this. It's Fridays. We do all sorts of other things. We will be doing some soaps this week. Martha Madison is on to talk about her return to Days of Our Lives and, of course, the new digital series Winterthorn. And 
we're going to be giving you some fun travel tips. We've got Savvy Traveler coming on to tell how you can save money, how you can avoid lines at the, the security checkpoints, how you can get a pat-down if you want one, I suppose, um, how you can find cruise values, all sorts of things, I'm <gasps> sure. Did you say and, cruise? I'll be I there. Did. I did. And uh, also coming up in the near future, Jeff B. Cohen, you remember him as Chunk on The Goonies. He is now an entertainment lawyer, and he's dropping by to <laughs> chat. Crollcall.com. That's where you can go. I got to go. You're going to yell at me. Time's running out. No, I'm not. Who is this Friday? So this Friday is Martha? It is. The Savvy Travelers. And we'll be playing a live game of Mad Libs on air with Villain oh. de Blanks. I love the name, of course. Villain de Blanks. Uh, it's a stage play where the stage play is based upon what the audience gives for filling the blanks to uh, the script. Oh, that's awesome. Well, listen, Dan, thanks for calling and, and uh, wrapping up our show here. I want to thank everybody who called in tonight. Um, again, I want to send a special shout-out to Al from Canada. I love when you call. I think you are so much fun, and I love your questions. Um, but as always, I want to encourage anybody who wants to call. Uh, meanwhile, follow uh, or you can either subscribe to the show uh, at blogtalkradio.com slash tune in tomorrow, or you can subscribe on iTunes. You can also uh, blah, blah, blah. you can also find me on Twitter at SoapsInDepthABC, SoapsInDepthCBS, How Rude Are You? And my Facebook page is facebook.com slash trophy. That's T-R-A-L-F-I-E. If you head over there, you'll see a lot of pictures from my recently concluded vacation. I'm very sad and want to be back at the beach, but I'm not. Uh, meanwhile, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Like I said, we're going to be on kind of an uneven schedule. We're going to go based on demand. We're going to go when people want to talk, when there's something big to talk about. Uh, and uh, as Dan said, you can catch his show Friday night at 6 p.m. at crawlcall.com. Really fun show. I highly recommend it. Until next time. Uh, keep watching the soaps, keep listening, keep hanging out, keep twittering. I'm babbling, but remember, because it's soaps, what do you have to do? Tune in tomorrow. I'm moving on, I'm moving on. I'm praying disappointment doesn't follow. I want to leave it in the past, along with yesterday. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.